welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Grace, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janun. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Welcome back to the Blazing Grace Radio Show. This is Rob McIntyre with Mike Janung. Here we are, uh, didn't say last week that we're spelling Jason. He's uh, on a respite, isn't he, Mike? For two months. Two months, yeah. We're, we're giving that silver tongue guy a break. He does such a fine job. So uh, I'm kind of taking over here, Mike. Uh, I don't know if I should even ask how I'm, forget it. I we won't to... lay hands on you. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, we're back in studio here with Garrett and Rachel uh, from last week, as well as Sean and Cheryl up in Canada. And we're talking about their sex addiction recovery as a couple's. And so we're just going to jump right into this thing. Well, why don't you guys say hi? Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Canada. Okay. Hello, A. And uh, we're going to just jump right into this thing. Hey, uh, Garrett and Sean, why, why don't we start with you, Garrett? Um, what were the key things to your recovery? Uh, I think the key things were understanding, first of all, uh, what were some of the triggers? What were some of the uh, behavioral patterns that would lead up to acting out? Uh, and so that was really important. I so think, when you say triggers, you mean something that would kind of get you to think about sex or start to lust or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, okay. the, the triggers of life, I mean, stress, job, right. uh, marriage, okay. uh, all these things, the way that I would deal with them. And so uh, recognizing when those are happening uh, and recognizing what's going on in your own heart as it's happening. Okay, so you understood that there was a correlation between what was happening outside in your your world and it was affecting you to where you wanted to go and medicate or take yeah. care of that through acting out. Yeah, and recognizing okay. that that there's a response there, right. and I am I am responding in a certain way, and recognizing that I cannot respond in a different way without the help of the Lord, right? Okay. Which is so key um, because you cannot do it in your own strength. So that was the first thing. So recognizing that and then behavioral patterns, things like isolation. Uh, there's a tendency for those of us who are addicts to isolate ourselves, to go off and do our own thing and kind of shut out the world. And, uh, you know, last week Sean talked about that quite a bit, about isolating himself mm -hmm. from other men. Um, so recognizing that kind of behavior and then also recognizing that I was uh, placing certain attributes on God that, were not necessarily part mm -hmm. of his character, mm -hmm. so that in the way that I was dealing with him had nothing to do with reality of who he was. So in understanding those those types of things, those were huge in terms of my recovery, to constantly be aware of that. Right. Um, so that was a, a big part of it, and recognizing that I needed accountability, that was the second thing, that I needed to be going on a weekly right. basis and just pouring my heart out to other people and saying, this is what's going on. Right. This is what I'm struggling with. This is how I'm feeling. Uh, and that was huge. And even just having the fact that for me, it was so embarrassing right. that right. having the accountability for me was like, even when I wanted to act out, it was like, oh, and then I've got to go to this accountability group and I've got to tell them about it. Right. I, I can't do this. And, and so that just freed me for a minute to, to be able to walk away and then to evaluate why I was struggling with that. So, so you're, you were a Christian dealing with all this, but you had kind of a spiritual awakening of your own, right? A huge spiritual awakening. Okay. And it's been, go it's been ongoing. Yeah. It doesn't stop at that point because yeah. our addiction is such a, a window into our own soul and into our own hearts. 
wow. so that it becomes really an opportunity for God to heal and to come in and take the place of that addiction. Right. That's What were part of those distortions of God you were talking about? Um, I think the big one was that he expected uh, this uh, perfection in behavior mm-hmm. that we are incapable of on our own. Right. And so that expectation that was very similar to my growing up in the athletic world, uh, you know, the performance type of mentality that I needed to perform as a Christian. Um, and the reality is, is that it's already been performed. It was performed on the cross. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing that I can add to that other than my sin. Right. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. so uh, recognizing the reality of that was, was huge. And so rather than trying to walk in the law, to walk in the grace, and that's why mm-hmm. I love the show, Blazing mm-hmm. Grace, to walk in the grace of the Lord right. was huge. Yeah, it was absolutely great. huge. Well, how, how about you, Sean? Yeah, for me, I guess after calling in and, and seeking some therapy for the whole thing, I had to stop doing the acting out in destructive behaviors I was so doing. Sean, so, Sean, you were doing phone therapy? Yes. That worked for you? It worked just great because okay. I'm here today to prove it. Well, I, I mean, I'm kind of joking, but, you know, a lot of people don't know about that. But you can do phone therapy, and it does work. So, anyways, I'm sorry, Sean, I interrupted. Yeah, so while I was probably up to over 26 uh, rum a week and a bunch of beers and on the <laughs> Internet for probably four hours a day, so... And, and the masturbation. So that first uh, conversation with you, I, I realized, and, and you told me that all that had to stop. So I had not, nothing else to lose. I tried fixing everything by myself and didn't work. So I decided, well, okay, let's give this a shot. So that all ended back February 20th. What all ended? The drinking, uh, masturbation, the internet. Wow. Um, everything. Good. <laughs> so that, I was, it was just ended there. And you weren't even, uh, a, yep. you weren't even a Christian, right? No, not, not quite yet. Okay. <laughs> that was the next step. Okay. <laughs> the next tips were that I should be praying with my wife daily and supporting her in, in her faith and uh, reading the Bible for myself. And, and then another big one was, was being able to talk with other men and, mm-hmm. and get on the phone to them and, just have some open discussions about things, and that was really hard for me to do that. I'd never talked to other men, so I started doing that and just making all kinds of phone calls. I got in a group, and it just it went from there and snowballed up to twenty some calls a week some days wow how Happy. did that how did that help you talking to those other guys? Well, I just found that I wasn't alone in this whole thing. A lot of people had very similar stories um they were going through. Mm-hmm you know, same kind of emotions and that kind of thing. And it just sort of made me not feel so isolated anymore. Mm-hmm. If I was having, you know, thoughts about different issues and that, I could just pick up the phone and talk to these guys. And right, basically, I don't know if it, I guess it takes your mind off your own problems too. And, and then you learn a lot from other people and what they've been doing. Right. Now you so did was, have a spiritual awakening, right? I did. Um, back my father died uh, about a month before we got married, and I had prayed then for the last time probably in, in probably like 17 years. And I thought that kind of God abandoned me at that time because mm-hmm. my dad died. And, and before that, 
uh, Cheryl and I had, there was a unwanted pregnancy and we terminated that. So I thought I was kind of being punished for that and mm-hmm. there was no redemption and I was <coughs> kind of a write-off after that. So there was no more spiritual stuff for me. That was it. And I had just kind of given up. I thought I was doomed and that was that. So the main thing for me then was after I started reading the Bible and learning these different things, is mm-hmm. I had to forgive myself, and I took a little bit of time, and, and it was a very difficult thing to do. But I've had a couple of good prayers and talked with God and found, you know, in the Bible that, that He forgives everyone if you repent for your sins. Mm-hmm. And I did that, and then I was able to forgive myself. Wow. And then I was able to, after that... Uh, I just knew the right thing to do was to come clean and and tell Cheryl everything that I had been doing and had done. And so it wasn't complete. Very easy. So complete disclosure to Cheryl. Wow. So yeah. so so basically, what what happened with you was a, a process. You you realized you needed to uh, change your behavior from sex addiction. You realized you didn't have any other uh, options at this point to kind of jump in. And in that process, you found that that God was real. Uh, and you began to have faith in that, and then you were led to do certain things, and, and that's actually really impacted your recovery. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're tuning in, you're listening to the Blazing Grace Radio Show, and uh, we're just having a great discussion with several couples about their ad- sex addiction and recovery. And, uh, Mike, is it time to hear from the ladies? Yes, it is. I'd like to hear from both um, Cheryl and Rachel. Ladies, and especially, Rachel, what you shared about <clears throat> confronting Garrett, I mean, I see that as a real critical point in his whole recovery process, because if you didn't do that, like, I have dread to fear where he would be today. Can you talk about that and all the emotions you went through, and then we'll hear from Cheryl? Yeah, obviously, that was a, a real uh, heartbreaking time for me to just kind of come to the point where I realized our marriage is not okay. We're, uh, you know, below average and we really need help mm. if, if we're going to keep uh, going on. And so I really felt desperate. And so for me, a, a very important thing to do was to decide what is my emotional response going to be? Because I was feeling angry. I was feeling bitter. I wanted to control uh, Garrett's behavior and mm-hmm. I was not able to do that. And so for me, the first thing was to uh, stop myself and stop that kind of tumbling emotion of feeling despair and anger and, and decide what is my emotional response going to be. And God uh, was very key in that. Reading the Bible was very key in that it, just to help dissolve the bitterness before mm. I approached Garrett and told him um, what what the requirements were going to be. And of course, that, that was controlling still. And I'm still learning about my um, desire to kind of want to control Garrett. But um, that was very important, that emotional response and that decision for me to decide to try and not be bitter. Wow. Yeah, Cheryl, uh, you had the disclosure, and I'm sure you had a lot of emotions. How did that impact you? Well, by the time the full disclosure came, I i mean, it was already so ugly that really, mm-hmm. um, and since he had already, he was gone, It was it, the sin was gone, and he was had repented, and he was going God's way, it didn't really matter what sins he had done in the past, because I already knew all kinds of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so it really was all one and the same to me. Right. And, uh, yeah. 
Wow. So so you really trusted God and you forgave him? Mm-hmm. And then it was, you know, I remember it was difficult, though, at times for you to embrace him sometimes, because as as you guys know, me being a recovering addict as well, we're pretty immature, right? But mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not that immature now, but I'm joking. <laughs> I have my moments. <laughs> there yeah. is that arrested development that yeah. you have where exactly. the minute that you start engaging in that behavior. Mm-hmm. And I said this to Rachel uh after it, it it was over and I was dealing with it is it was probably in that eight week time frame when I said to Mike, I can't do this anymore. I also said to her, I feel like I'm 12 years old. Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm just that immature. I, I feel like I'm yes, a 12 year old again. And I am here. I am in a 30 something year old body. I need to figure out how to grow up. And right. that was difficult. Yeah. What were you going to say, Cheryl? Well, Sean, yeah, Sean said that too. And I sort of felt that same way, too, even though I wasn't a sex addict. I right. had turned to other things in life other than God, mm-hmm. and I really had not been very mature emotionally myself. So, But when I started going to church five years ago, um, boy, the wisdom of the Lord is just uh, just so much more than the wisdom of the world. And right. I started to mature, and then, of course, when he wasn't, it was kind of a funny thing. Like, we'd have these funny arguments. <laughs> right. Rachel, you mentioned reading the Bible. Were there any verses that help you kind of deal with, cope with the bitterness? There was quite a bit in Proverbs. I found that Proverbs was really helpful for me because they're very short and concise, Mm -hmm. absolute wisdom in a couple words. So for me, one thing that was really important in dealing with the bitterness was a a verse in Proverbs Proverbs that talks about um, a wife should not, or a woman should not tear down her house with her own hands. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what I felt like doing. I felt like, you know, kind of chasing after Garrett with my anger and uh, wanting to control him. And that that was basically, yeah, that was basically, you know, just exacerbating the problem and creating more Mm. of a problem and tearing down my own house. And I was hurting that my house was falling apart, but I was kind of part of tearing it down. Right. What would you ladies say to our listeners who are a wife out there who's afraid to confront? Rest in the Lord. Pray. And worship him because he will bring you through. He will put the right people in your path. He will have the right people say the right things to you. He will uh, just convict. Conviction will come and you will just know. And the prayers do way more than we even can imagine that they do. Mm. That's good. I guess to that I would say... um, that I think that there are probably two groups of wives of sex addicts, if not more groups. But one group is, like myself, very controlling, very eager to confront, very eager to control. And the other group is very docile, very um, agreeable, go yeah, passive. Mm-hmm. And that they are very hesitant to confront their husbands. And that's part of um, their role in the marriage and how it, mm-hmm. it allows that to go on. So, you know, each group of wives has our own issues that we need to work with and, um our role that we need to investigate, but that's actually part of their role that they're being passive. Well, and and it's interesting Mm -hmm. because I think both of you can find ways to strengthen yourself to do it. So if you're a passive woman and you're really struggling today, find somebody, find another woman who's, who's dealt with this or a spiritual uh, leader, a woman or a pastor and, and begin to build yourself up to prepare to confront this because it's like cancer. If you don't deal with this thing, it's going to kill you. It's going to kill the marriage. It's going to kill you as individuals. So I I would recommend that you confront it. But I do think, Cheryl, that is some wisdom to pray, ask for God to lead you to the right people, and let God build this thing, but to go forth 
and to confront it. Garrett and Sean, can that's you... What he'll, that's what he'll get, he'll get you to do that. Right. Because he gave me strength to do that mm-hmm. a lot. Right. Garrett and Sean, can you speak to how critical your wives have been in the recovery process? Uh, I, there's a... I think what is probably misunderstood about the addiction is that we chose our wives, even in our addiction. Um, and so there is something about us choosing somebody who somehow... I don't want to use the word enables because we ultimately bear the responsibility for our behavior, but mm-hmm. but feeds uh, our, our behavior to a degree. And so for me, in my relationship with, with Rachel, it, it would often be that situation where my parents controlled me. I chose somebody that I married who wants to control me, and that increases my stress, and then mm-hmm. I want to go and I want to act out. So uh, So I want to encourage people and especially the men out there to understand that when your wives are confronting you, um, they're, they're doing that in the Lord and they're stepping outside of that pattern of behavior too, mm-hmm. and, and trying to to stop this whole thing. And that's really an opportunity for growth. And something else is it's an opportunity that you don't think about it, but because it affects your marriage, when you remove that, and you remove all those issues, it has a huge, huge impact on improving your marriage. Mm-hmm. It creates a void. Sean, how about you? How important was Cheryl in your recovery? Oh, just immensely important. Uh, like, I'm sure she's she's my wife and in my life for a reason. That's from from God because she's been able to. I think He's been using her to teach me uh, how to be a man and and how to you know live live my life the way He intended me to. Because I've just in the past eight months matured so much. That's and, yeah. You know, I don't know if, how else it could have been possible with uh, without her support. And mm. It's an amazing. It, it, yours is an amazing yeah. story, and and Garrett and Rachel, yours as well. And and you know, as we're as we're kind of getting close to ending the show here, um, why don't you guys share about how your life is today after being through recovery? Where is your marriage? Uh, you know, how happy are you guys? How is your sexual life and your intimacy life uh, emotionally and spiritually? Um, it, it's it's like night and day. You had asked Sean and Cheryl about the intimacy issues uh, prior to dealing with the addiction, and we had similar problems where it was almost like it was an effort and it was work for us to be mm-hmm. intimate. Uh, it was extremely difficult. And there are still issues that are there mm-hmm. that need to be dealt with. And we're still working through those in our marriage and how we've built these patterns that really are not godly patterns. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we still discuss those things and, and talk them through and try and, and, and rebuild our marriage on, on godly principles. So the improvement has been night and day. And yet we still see, we have so far to go. Right. Uh, and even, you know, just, just this week uh, we've, we've brought issues up uh, mm. that that are part of the pattern of, of my addiction and and uh, my recovery and dealing with those inside of our relationship. Mm. So it's an ongoing thing. It's like night and day, and yet there's hope for there being so much more. Communication is better. Intimacy is better. Uh, just the decisions that we make are better. We can recognize patterns in each other that that drive me to that kind of behavior. So uh, we're much more open about that. 
it's just it's like night and day. And Rachel, what about you? Yeah. We want to make sure you have something to say about this. Yeah, it's um, sometimes I have opportunities to talk to other wives who are going through this, and I try and encourage them at the outset that wow, this uh, the difficulty of discovering the porn and going through the recovery, uh, the beginning part of the recovery process has been so worth it. Our marriage is so different than it used to mm-hmm. be, and there is such hope for. Um, it to be even better. So mm. that's really great. Sean, Rachel, I mean, Sean, Cheryl. For me, I've just got such a, uh, like a calmness and a peace now mm. about, about me. I don't get angry at every little thing anymore. Um, I can deal with things. I can express my feelings to Cheryl. And and then, of course, that, that leads into the intimacy, which is just fantastic now. It's like every every day is... Uh, like foreplay all the time now, and, and <laughs> already uh, things are just like Garrett said, just like night and day. That's it's, great. Uh, it's awesome, Cheryl. Well, the best thing is that Sean now realizes who our enemy is as well. Like mm. I would always know who the enemy was, trying to break up our marriage, trying to kill our family. And the most wonderful thing is that now Sean knows the enemy, and so we can fight that enemy together in the spirit and know that these fleshly things are just sort of little, you know, they're little things that have to be possibly understood and communicated, but that a real enemy is uh, trying to break us up. And so that's the real thing that we have to look out for. All right, so we got one minute left. Mike? Ladies, what would you say to the wife who is boiling in anger and pain right now? And just discovered her husband's porn addiction? Um, for me, I think there is a practical decision that wives have to make uh, about divorce, separation, and trying to heal their marriage, and a practical decision about their emotional response. So th- they really have to begin there with starting to uh, look at, at the Bible, their relationship with God, and, and working for that as a basis for how to move forward. Mm-hmm. Cheryl? Yeah, I I didn't experience that. I mean, I would find the porn and and you know, and it would be it would anger me. But we weren't Christians really, so mm-hmm. we weren't following the Lord. So it was a little different. I never had been lied to about that. So I can't. I mean, when your husband is lying to you and saying like he pretends that he's clean and he's not, wow. Yeah. Like you really just have to rest in God and trust Him that He's going to show you what you need to do when you need to confront Him mm-hmm. with what words and actions you need to confront Him with. Whether you, you know, you really have to take a stand. Right. And it has to be a strong stand. Right. Well, uh, we just really, uh, I just want to thank you guys for being here talking about a difficult issue. Thank you for sharing your lives. And we would just like to, Mike, uh, express to anybody out there, any of our listeners who are really struggling in this area, wives or husbands, please listen to the numbers given to uh, us in the trailer of the show. Give us a call if, you're, if you need help in this. But thank you. Thank you, you guys, for sharing your stories. And um, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 625. 
Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the Internet at www.blazinggrace.org. That's www.blazinggrace.org forward slash radio dot htm on that page you'll find a downloadable copy of this show or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries look for blazing grace radio if you want help resolving a sexual addiction you can reach rob mcintyre and jason graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL that's 877-590-7685 desire for a specific subject to be covered on blazing grace tell mike janung what you want covered you can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening, and may God shine his grace upon you. It's time to be free to live for God, free to run. 